Hey, um, hey folks, welcome back to the Well Podcast. In this episode, um, gosh, we're talking about road hunting, also known as truck hunting, and uh, half-hearted bear hunting efforts. So I'm sitting here at the end of a logging road in Region 2 with my good friend Jenny P. And uh, just uh, thought we'd sit down and, and recap the last couple days of... Um, our efforts of uh, driving around looking for a bear, and uh, and what's come out of it. So, hey, Jenny, welcome back to the Well Podcast. How you doing? Great, successful morning. Okay, now I was gonna tease out the whole thing here. <laughs> well, I'll... what is success when you're truck hunting? Is it a good day with a buddy, or is it uh, meat coming home? True, it's a good day. So either way, okay. Well, we'll get back to that. So, I thought in this episode we actually were kicking around as we, you know. I spent a lot of time kind of, uh, my whole program is kind of built around encouraging people to get out of the truck, to get onto the land and figure out where animals live and get comfortable wandering around in the woods where animals are comfortable and to be an effective hunter. And that's kind of like the, my whole program. And I think that by and large, that's what's made me a successful hunter over the years is just my comfort of sneaking around in the woods and figuring out animals in their habitat. But having said that, I think the vast majority of people are more comfortable or more familiar with hunting from a vehicle on a forest service road and to a large degree are are, are successful. And like you said, are successful in lots of different measures, right? So it isn't just about coming home with an animal. It's also just about getting out and having a good time. And and we were well on our way to having that type of experience. as of yesterday. So let's just give some background. What, what are we up to, Jenny? Well, we saw some really cool terrain. Well, let's start from the beginning. What was our plan? What was our, what was our hunt plan for, for this weekend? Well, we're hunting bear because it's spring and we want to go on an adventure. So looked at a bunch of maps, trying to figure out where the vegetation is going to be green and where we can drive to it and see it and then see some new country. Okay, so so we are it's it's springtime. We're still in the um the covid period where we're you know we're still we're, we're encouraged to stay local. So, you know, Jenny and I live in the same region, so I picked up Jenny on Sunday morning and we had a plan to get out and spend the night out driving around at some local logging roads and behind where Jenny lives. We'd already gassed up in our own communities and figured that this was a really good way to spend some time in the woods without uh, interacting with a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, and we and, and we're pretty organized. We, we obviously had all of our grub and everything figured out, and a couple of jerry cans just in case we drove more than we expected. Um, and so far, we've had zero contact. Oh, except for those. Oh, that was so fun. So we were <laughs> we were at the way the back end of the spot we were hunting, and there was these these two young guys in a, in a civic and this is we've been on logging how long how long how, how much logging have we, we've been on oh i don't know did we set the odometer no but 100k no not, not that far k. no it was a solid like hour though oh it just feels like to... 100k because you only drive 20k an hour yeah i know i drive pretty slow i i i call i used to call this this one road you know tie rod hill because i think every time i drove it as a kid i used to bust up with a tie rod on my toyota tacoma and now that I'm a 44 year old man, I've, I've learned that you can just drive slower and your tie rods don't break down. Mm, true. 
Anyway. Anyways. So uh, we're a ways back. We're a ways back. So, <laughs> but we run into these these two young guys, and uh, and they're driving a Civic, and 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 you know, and uh, and they're new they're new Canadians. Like I, you know, they they you know they, they have a strong accent, and and uh, and so we they they pull up to us, and we start we chat with them, and, and they're looking for a place that I don't think you can get to anymore. I, I think they've got a, they've got a they've got some friends that are camping at this spot which you can the, the bridge has been washed out for a while to get get back in there and so they're trying to find their friends and and so and they don't look terribly prepared and of course they've got a civic and they've been on logging road for probably 50 kilometers and probably responsibly going slow though um well we followed them for bed he was doing a pretty good job weaving around the potholes yeah for sure anyways they they did so we did chat with them for a bit and kind of showed us some maps as to where they were and gave us some options for where to camp and some ideas but um, they were they, the one. The one guy was quite quite concerned. He was kind of pretty eager to try to camp with us or hang out with us. I think, or his buddy might 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 have been more of like had a bit more of adventurous spirit to carry on and find his buddies out there. But they were pretty adventurous. They were just. I think at one point they when they saw us, they realized they might have been a bit in over their heads if they oh, had sure. any. I think because they hadn't seen any any other well, traffic. We saw and, two other vehicles back. Yeah. Then. So mission accomplished to get away from. Uh, yeah, we did. We definitely got away from the people, yeah. and uh, we we probably will go check in on those guys on the way out. Just make sure they we we kind of sent them to one campsite and hope that they would camp there for the night. If they did, they would have had just an amazing time. Oh yeah. I mean, gosh. I mean, um, anyways, they seem like good kids, and uh, definitely up for adventure. Anyways, going back to our plan, as we were driving around, like we were clearly ro- like, well, I call it road hunting. What do you call it? I call it truck hunting. I think that's. I think you're excluding a lot of people from the activity when you when you like <laughs> characterize it as truck hunting. Well, I, I mean that's a fair point. Given I did try to do a Ford Fiesta hunt once, so and it was it wasn't as successful. So I do do prefer to go on my truck now. Yeah, I think it's it's you're excluding you know participation by calling it truck hunting. I've always called it road hunting because I found that you know whether you're in a Civic or an evo uh, an evo <laughs> or actually we, i uh i saw a um tesla out on the back road uh, a couple weekends ago oh and that in the future if you've got a solar panel that could be brilliant well exactly and it's so they're so quiet those teslas you sneak Ooh. right up <laughs> oh. yeah that's that's one thing with the the road hunting is you want to you want to camel up your truck for sure definitely yeah that's the <laughs> mandatory <laughs> oh jesus yeah, for sure. Well, we'll get into the, the we'll break down the fundamentals of how to effectively road hunt. I, I was just going to say a more inclusive way of describing uh, truck hunting would be road hunting. And that way, the ATVers, the truck hunters, even the people who are on e-bikes and other who are traveling the Forest Service roads in search of game can all be included in road hunting. Much more inclusive. Um, you don't need a big truck to then go road hunting but it helps oh well it does help for a number of reasons a high clearance vehicle certainly helps because i mean these are most of these roads that we are on you know have been used as forced uh like logging roads at one time but many of which have been um deactivated over time and what, what that means is that the uh the the forest companies or the contractors come back in and, and put the road to bed and, and what what they do is they 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 basically run cross stitches across the road to allow for the creeks. Um, they remove culverts usually, and then and then and then and then create cross stitches so 
the flow of water coming down the mountain doesn't hit a road and then end up like but blowing the road out or then re um yeah and that or re recontouring around the spot and then you know basically re um, reconfiguring where the where the water is is intended to go on on the hillside. Well, so, and some of our adventure may have be attributed well the, to yeah, a bro, a blown out road. Yeah, to a poorly de deactivated road may, <laughs> may have resulted in a successful adventure here. So as you so it does help to have a high clearance vehicle. The other thing that helps, you know, with with respect to what type of vehicle you might take when when exploring the roads of BC, um, is 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 good tires because there's there's a uh, uh, they're all gravel roads and they're sharp rock and um, lots of potholes and you might be in and out of cross stitches. Anyways, the qual the better quality tire you have, the less likely you're going to have a flat. And obviously, like having a flat in a remote area, um, you know, you you should be prepared. Obviously, with with a spare tire and a jack and all that kind of stuff. But um, it, it's just not nearly as it can be in a kind of an inconvenient location where you end up having a flat tire and, and uh, it could be challenges from there on so so have an appropriate vehicle with high clearance good tires um be prepared to go through some cross stitches with, with uh and have a spare so that's the equipment you need along with all your other hunting gear a shovel yeah you know what this is that makes a lot of sense i mean other things i mean like <clears throat> at any adventure i go on i'm gonna have a shovel an axe some type of a saw uh whether i mean i have a chainsaw usually because i'm usually you know prepared to make a big fire with a wall tent or whatever but a chainsaw or any type of saw is important because a lot of the roads you might poke down on there's a chance that a tree may just happen to fall across the road uh, and then you can't get back out or or maybe you've got an intended destination you want to get to and there's a tree across the road well it's just part of the culture of, of road hunting that you just clear out any debris that's across the road so that you can pass and then the next person that comes along has got access as well so it's kind of part of the culture so Shovel's good. What do you use shovel for? Well, I use my shovel so far. I've been stuck twice this year, and I've used it for to, for snow. So it's just a lot of the logging roads, especially in the spring, will have um, patches of snow. Yeah. So if you can clear this one patch, then you can get access to maybe another 20 or 30 kilometers of road that might have turned around some other road hunters. So that'll get you some, some roads that haven't been as traveled. And then if you get stuck, I mean... You're out there for you've got a shovel. It's ten minutes as opposed to a, a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, and and you know for sure, like one of the things that I, you know, I I, I have no I, I don't travel with the winch on my vehicle, and and there's a reason for that. And one <laughs> thing that Jeff showed told me many years ago is for one thing, a winch weighs about three hundred odd pounds. Plus, you have to have the bumper to support it. So you might pack as much as five hundred pounds extra of equipment. Everywhere you go, every day of that truck's life, by putting a winch on there. Alternatively, when you find yourself in a situation that you think you might need a winch, like as in you're looking at a, at a big mud hole or a sketchy road that you're not sure if you can turn around and get back on, that might be a good time <laughs> just not to go. And and what the winch may do is give you a false confidence that if you get into trouble, that maybe you can get back out. Right. So, Agreed. So I'm a non-winch guy, and I kind of kind of stick to that. But I will throw a shovel in because a shovel can be a helpful tool to help dig out if you should lose traction, get no mud hole or something. You might be able to dig some stuff out. The axe is helpful because you might be able to chop some stuff up to wedge underneath your tire to kind of get some purchase and get out of a out of a mud hole. So all good things. 
All right, so now we're equipped. We got a truck. You know, I guess we should kind of get come back to what, you know, what we were up to. And let's talk about what our why like uh, it's Dylan road hunting. It's it's kind of a misnomer. It's not something that I, you could ever really talk me into doing. But Jenny, why were we road hunting? How did you talk me into coming road hunting with you? Because you are really an expert at road hunting. That's why I <laughs> kind of invited you on the podcast um, is to share your wisdom and experience as a as basically the Eat Wild Pro staff that represents the uh, road hunting division, <laughs> the truck hunting division. Yeah, it's very effective. It's been effective for me, especially for bears, in the last three years. You travel a lot of ground. You see really cool spots. Yeah, and you get into good animals. I see a lot of animals for my truck. Okay, but can, what's the difference between, say, your experience hunting whitetails from the truck and hunting, say, bears from the truck? You can't hunt whitetails from a truck. They're too skittish. Okay. The curiosity of the bear will allow you to get access to them as well as the habitat that they like to hang out in. So a lot of these logging roads are built for forestry. So there's logging slashes. And I've got two two of my bears, two out of my last three bears in logging slashes. And then we got, we may have had some success <laughs> in, a, in an old slash today. So bears hang out near roads. There's also um, grass along the roads, clover, high caloric content, which bears really like. So bear hunting and road hunting are conducive to each other because of the habitat. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so so really like it's about, and the other thing that we learned is that like, so I called around a little bit. I, I kind of said I was going to go on a half-hearted hunting effort. It's kind of, maybe, I'll, I mean, I, I've never been uh, a bear hunter. And, and let, let's kind of go back to that. And I've, I've been hunting my whole life and a number of people on the way have said, Oh, do you hunt bear? And they're, they're, they're really quite wonderful to eat. And, and, and I've always kind of felt that it wasn't something I was comfortable doing. And I think it, if I thought about it, it kind of relates back to my experience as a park ranger. My first bunch of years when I was, you know, to my early twenties, I worked in Carmana Valley and like I, there was just so many bears that were part of my life. I was, I was living out there by myself as, as a ranger and, you know, on my way into the park, I'd see dozens of bears on the road and the same bears kind of every time I drive in from week or drive out from week to week. And then I had a handful of bears that lived around the ranger station. And then I had some like, you know, good bears that like, you know, kind of kept their distance from, from me and the public, but I'd see them around and kind of wave at them and say hello. And every morning I would like go walk down the trails in the Carmana and shoo the bears off the trail. And we kind of had a program, right? And it seemed like everybody was cooperating. So I kind of really kind of got to know the bears and kind of appreciate that they would, you know, that they were, you know, intelligent animals and beautiful animals and characters, you know? And, and so, it, so, you know, years later, like I've since found myself in a community of people that, you know, are really value hunting bears for, you know, for the meat. And, and since I've been hanging out with you, Jenny, like, you've made me some amazing meals with bear meat. And I'm like, well, Jesus, is that ever good? And then... And you're a pretty intimidating guy to cook game for. So, I mean, it's I'm, I'm glad that worked out. I put in a... I mean, it's a fair amount of effort. It's a bit different than, like, if you've got a nice whitetail steak in the freezer, you 
can't just thaw it out and grill it and have the most delicious meal. Bear, I do find requires a bit more planning. Um, for sure. I also think it's interesting you talk about your history with bears in Carmana. Been living in Whistler for the last 21 years and a lot of what hits the news is problem bears. That's what we hear about. Oh, yeah. Because I get, I'm lucky enough where I spend a lot of time in the woods and I get to see them, the beautiful bears in their habitats as, some, as opposed to some of the pictures that are hitting the papers maybe with bears breaking into trucks, eating pizza boxes. So I don't know if that's where some of my, my thought process came from where I never had a problem bear hunting is that a lot of the vernacular I hear was problem bear, problem bear. So I could see that. And I was also quite nervous. The first bear that I that I hunted was I was I was going to eat it regardless of because people said they didn't taste good. So I was quite nervous, but it was delicious, which was such a good feeling. And then that led to bear two and bear three, and here we are. Well, and the cool part about your experience that you've pretty much gone hunting by yourself and had success with these bears in your literally your backyard. Oh, yeah, that was, bear two is so great because, uh, or my second season when I was bear hunting, I was successful again, lucky me, was I went out Wednesday night after work. That's a pretty dreamy lifestyle where you can finish up work at five o'clock, jump in your truck, <laughs> hit the road, find some wicked logging roads where you've done some research and there's some fresher slashes and you're off to the races and your bear's hung by, by dark and you had to work tomorrow morning. I mean, that's neat. And, and that's definitely an allure of, one of the reasons that, you know, I find myself bear, well, let's finish off the, the culinary aspect and the motivation that kind of came from there. We'll, we'll move over to the, the aspects of the hunt that are appealing. But so the bear burger that you made me after we went rafting a few months ago, I was like, this is really fantastic. Now, the, one of the things that bear has is it's got a much higher fat content than, than game meat. So there's certain things you can do with it that it does very well, that, that game meat, which is solely what I've lived on for red meat my entire life, um, that you can you, that you can do. So the other person that's, that I've been hanging out with who's an avid advocate for bears and bear hunting and, and, and bear cuisine is, is Mark, Mark Perrier. And he's made a couple of fantastic dishes mm-hmm. with with bear cuts that are just that are just fattier that you just cannot do with a leaner game of meat. A leaner, leaner cut of meat like elk or, or deer, and they've just been so wonderful. Like just, like, yeah, just the moistness that that, that mm-hmm. uh, in the meat that that um, fat content allows for. So, I've really enjoyed that. So it's kind of motivated me to be okay. If I had a bear in the freezer, I could do some other recipes that I haven't. I've sort of steered away from my entire culinary experience because I've just dealt with super lean meat. So. I'm excited about that prospect. That's kind of motivated me to explore this, everything from prosciutto to, to like sausages with just bear meat to mm. pulled sausage, pulled bear uh, roast. Like there's a, there's a number of things that I'm excited about. So I, I'm keen to figure this out and and kind of take that step in a, in the culinary direction. Um, but you know I. Like, I mean, the culinary thing is super motivating, but but I'm not going to lie. One of the reasons why I'm out here now is it's springtime. And uh, we've been kind of on lockdown doing our best to stay home. Um, and, you know, things are starting to open up here in BC. And there's some, there's some people are starting to get out there and enjoy their parks and get out 
and and have a little bit more um, connection with their friends. So I feel a little more comfortable, uh, you know, getting in my truck with my camping gear and hooking up with my my hunting partner Jenny and and going for an experience, going for an adventure. And what's super cool about the bear hunting opportunity here in BC is that there's a spring bear hunt, which brings you out to these beautiful places where we are now, um, and and kind of adventuring, and just you know we went and explored some new country we had neither of us had seen, and and that that's wonderful. And then and in, in, in the middle of that, there's some exciting moments when you're actually hunting, and you're like, oh shoot, I'm behind the glass looking at stuff that's cool, and all of a sudden there's there's some there's something that comes in that's interesting and that gets exciting. So. So that's kind of how we got here. So let's walk people through our our hunt from the from the beginning, and uh, we can throw in some tips and tricks of the road hunter <laughs> as we go, so people can improve their <laughs> approach as yeah. road hunters. But we said the but we got the rationale as to why road hunting is is sort of and and I and I should be conscious, like you know, bear hunting. Like I I I've seen lots of bears in the Alpine, and the concept of maybe you know, hiking up in the Alpine and hunting bears, you know, and backpack hunting bears, like that sounds awesome. Um, but this time of year is just not really reasonable for that because there's still too much snow in the mountains. The basically the bears are uh, coming out of their dens and they're looking for, like you said, they you know, like super rich food, which is grasses, which primarily are areas that there's road access to. So it does make a lot of sense to kind of just drive around and try and find where there's a concentration of grass or evidence that bears have been there. Like, poop on the road and then just kind of focus your efforts in those areas so that was kind of our plan let's go find where there's green grass somewhere we can see a bit well and i think one of those tips and tricks for sure would be based on uh watch your elevation we've got some incredible logging roads around here that will climb high into the mountains and while they might be clear of snow right now there's not going to be any bears there because there's still there's no vegetation right now so i would say in the spring keep a real close eye on what's growing on the side of the road and if if you get into snow or stuff that i mean you can just look around what's green is good and if you go higher and there's not a lot of food there turn around and go back down which is actually okay well we're how we there. ended up here yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's walk people through so let's start out um i grabbed you i had i had to do a bit of work on sunday morning and i broke out of town at nine o'clock and i was picking you up by about ten thirty, and then um we sort of Turned Whoa! Off. Road hunting trick number one. You're like Jenny. Do you have your stereo? Dylan drives an. It's a. It's a nice truck, but it doesn't have a stereo. It's a bit of an old man's truck, I find, with no stereo. Um, it's got a CD player. It doesn't work. Yeah. So and I don't have any CDs. I mean, <laughs> anymore. Podcasts are great and all, but you definitely still need a speaker for that. So I threw in my household speaker, so that's good. Yeah. Now. Again, if we needed to listen to some country music, if the bears weren't coming out, that would draw them out. That's a, it's an option. It, there is a soundtrack <laughs> to, you know, most of these efforts require some type of a soundtrack. Um, and we were talking about putting a putting a road hunter, uh, Eat Wild Road Hunter. On Spotify. On Spotify, a little playlist for those, you know, just to really like some of the best songs that have produced animals for Jenny and others. Um, but really brought out the animals. I've, I've got a great, one of my favorite moose stories was with me and Julio and was down by the schoolyard with Paul Simon was singing when I Paul Simon was my go-to for salmon well he's also good for calling wow. and moose too yeah yeah uh, I actually have three different playlists made by one of my favorite people Maddie Poss she there's three different playlists one is 
riding shotgun in the pickup part one, riding shotgun in the pick shotgun in the pickup part two, and then there's part three as well. Great for road hunting. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we got a plan. We're gonna go check out some logging roads in behind your place there, and um, we sort of sighted it up. We looked over um, Google. Google Earth and other, well, actually, iHunter I and, and uh, Fat Maps is what I was kind of looking at. And kind of psyching out where there was two things. Relatively new logging, because new logging gives you, well, there's going to be a green up happening there in the spring. Also, better sight lines. You can see, like, maybe, you know, use your binoculars and look over a large area um, where there would be some regen. So that was one thing. And then the other one was, um, like, avalanche shoots, where the avalanche shoots came down relatively close to where we could get access to. So and those at, are great because they uh, they really grass up. The timber is usually pulled down by the snow, so they're more of uh, they're grassier as opposed to more less timber. Yeah, super super berry. Actually, the, the other thing that happens in uh, in those avalanche shoots is that you know over the you'll often see um, bears cruising avalanche shoots looking for anything that may have mountain goats or sheep or any anything that might have gotten pushed off the mountain in an avalanche and then it gets buried at the toe of the avalanche and then there's there's basically carrion frozen carrion that comes up opens up so grizzly bears are often <laughs> might be the occasional backcountry skier in there too <laughs> <laughs> they're not careful yeah, well yeah for sure you look lucky you just see this like transceiver <laughs> leaping by when yeah that's weird for a spot for a skier um yeah anyways so we sucked out the spot and we kind of thought we had something figured out so so what how did it go well, I, I've, Dylan and I have different ideas of success, I think. I was pretty fired up yesterday. We uh, saw some really cool new terrain, lots of mountains, a really fun river, and then stopped to have lunch. Again, sort of key to the, the road hunting. There we are, side of the road. We stopped reading lunch, and out pops a, a black bear with her three cubs. So that's a, well, I mean, black bear hunting, you're always excited to see the bear. The cubs are pretty fun to watch, but it's a bit disappointing because that means that you can't move forward with your hunt. But again, a real treat to see that in, in the woods for sure. So that's an important tip, like something that keeping in mind that, you know, you're, you're legally allowed to harvest a, fa- a female or male bear. And they're very hard to distinguish, which is which. The main way you can tell them apart is if they're with cubs. So if they're with cubs, you, you cannot uh, shoot a bear in the presence of cubs. So you know, you one of the things that you need to do is spend a lot of time watching the bear. Um, for for one, to, to identify whether or not it's a grizzly bear or a um, uh, or a black bear. And then, secondly, once you've established that it's a black bear and that's what you're doing, you're hunting black bear, then you got to watch it long enough to make sure that it's not in the company of cubs. So it does take a little while for that process to happen. So. So that it was funny because that bear that we saw pop out there and walk across that opening, like at first, I thought it was a grizzly bear because it was like it had a what looked like a hump, and it was a very big bear and it had three cubs, three small cubs with it. Mm. And then yeah, it kinda, this this year's cubs like they were size of footballs. Yeah, little footballs, right? Yeah, bounce. Yeah, well, basketballs maybe, even. Anyways, um, they were they yeah. Anyways, so initially that's what I thought, and then they went out of sight. And then we kind of, we actually drove out the road till we hit the snow patch. And then we're like, hey, we're, get, we're not going to go any further. Obviously, I'm going to turn around without, without, with or without chains. I'm not going to like push down a snowy road uh, only to get myself further into trouble. Kind of going back to that initial point. So we, we had turned around and, we, and, then, and then we lunched uh, in a spot that we could kind of watch that area. And then we saw 
what we thought was the mum bear again, but we didn't see the cubs. And then when I got the spotty scope on, I was like, Jesus, I think that's a black bear. I'm looking at its face. It's got um, the main differences from afar that you're going to see between a black bear um, and uh, and a grizzly bear is like, uh, it's not so much color. Like I've seen, I've seen black grizzly bears and I've seen brown uh, black bears. It's, it's not color at all. Yeah, it's not color, right? Uh, but it is the the body shape. So the um, grizzly bears will have a hump up behind their shoulder. That's kind of the characteristic. They have lower profile ears typically, um, but it's their face that you kind of get used to telling the difference. Whereas a um, a grizzly bear's got kind of a, more of a concave face, so dished like a dished face with a bit more of a like a sort of pronounced snout. Um, whereas a black bear has kind of a convex kind of a um more of a roman nose uh, and more pronounced ears and once you've looked at them a bunch you'll be able to sort of tell them just by looking at their face like oh that's a grizzly bear or that's a black bear and then the hump definitely helps tell confirm it and then after a while you kind of get used to the you know the body the body the body's a bit different between the two bears but um it's a bit more subtle but it's definitely that face that tells you so it was weird because when we looked at it again i was like gosh i think that's a black bear and and so we did kind of kick around the idea, well, was that grizzly bear mom and cubs cruising through? And then we just kind of moved around and then saw a different bear. And that's a possibility, I guess. Oh, you're entertaining that possibility. I'm not so much. I think that was absolutely the same bear. It was and the it same was, color. I mean, the, our turnaround time from bear number one to bear number, what you think might be bear number two was under 20 minutes. And if we're looking at that across the valley, true, the fact that we can see the big bear and not the three little cubs isn't that surprising to me true but back to the distinction between black bears and grizzly bears it's because it was on this exact road that we're sitting on right now <laughs> that i saw i was fired up i was hunting by myself it's on this road and uh saw black bears pretty fired up it was black bear for sure based on the face the size and uh i was quite excited and then the two little cubs popped out behind mama bear and crossed the road and i was like okay that's out and then a little while later i moved a bit farther down the road and i was sitting in a spot having a rest and i again about 50 or 60 yards in front of me i heard a rustle and uh and this head popped out behind the stump and i instantly looked at that bear and i said that's a that's a grizzly bear it's a tiny little grizzly bear which is great so but so now i've seen four bears none of them that i can hunt I'm like, okay, well, there's a grizzly bear. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn around and walk back up the road. I wasn't in my truck, so, I mean, truck hunters do leave their truck occasionally. My truck was about uh, <laughs> three kilometers back up the road. So I was like, okay, well, I'll turn around and it's a grizzly bear. And I'm sort of walking down the road and like, oh, I need to be aware of the fact that there's a mom and two cubs between me and my truck right now. <laughs> and there's a grizzly bear on my other side. <laughs> so I might have my game face on, but I was pretty good and I didn't see anything on the way back. But it was a pretty fun experience to be surrounded by these by these fun creatures. And I always find it is a bit different hunting bear than it is hunting deer. From uh, the animals, fight or flight, it might have a little more fight in it than a deer. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely more curious, eh? Yeah. They're definitely not uh, they're interested in hanging around a little bit longer just to see what you are and assess if you're a risk or not before they bugger off. Okay, so the so the one so we we did notice so we went all the way to the back end of the valley. We were quite high up, 
We had all these sort of terrain features that we thought would produce bears. There was very little dung on the road, and with the exception of the one bear and the three cubs, like, I kind of felt like we weren't in the zone. Like, I sort of felt like we, we'd gone too far up and too far back. And and given, like, my, my like, I, I kind of like, I don't want to say, like, I never really took bear hunting all that seriously because of my formative experiences of, of like, of seeing bears was, you know, back in the days of driving to Carmen and back and seeing 17 bears on a, on a road thinking like, well, how, you know, you're, you're, how hard can it be to drive down the road and shoot a bear? Like, it seems awfully, <laughs> awfully straightforward. And, and, um, but I realized that that's maybe, that was actually, you know, a couple of things were happening then. It was just that the, the, the uh, the timing of the logging that was happening on that stretch of road was like they just nucleated the whole, basically 15, like the last 30 kilometers of, of road, of, of forest there, which then produced some of the best bear habitat for the time I was there. So I might have been sort of seeing what was a little blip in the population based on the ecosystem devastation that had happened out there. Were those bears eating salmon or were they eating, were they fish bears? No, these is, this is probably all, for the most part, early season uh, coming and going in May and June, coming okay. in, in out of the park. It's just what I remember. So, so anyways, my, my expectation is that I'm going to be like dodging poop piles every 50 meters and black bears bouncing off the road. That's my understanding of what, what I thought was good bear country. So, so when we were back there and we'd only seen a few little piles of poops and then one bear, I felt like we weren't in the zone and that we were, we needed to keep on truck hunting. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Keep on. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we started to come up with. <laughs> I was kind of in my mind. I was hoping that we would just be sitting and looking at an old burn or uh, some big slashes and, you know, or some, you know, so and, and sitting there with our spotting scopes and just like, you know, watching multiple bears, picking out which one we go after. That I was think a, you fell into the trap that all good truck hunters do, though, or is you don't stop the truck and look and you don't get out of the truck. Well, this is what happens. Yeah. So this is one of the things <laughs> happens as a road hunter it's like way easier just to keep driving than it is just to stay put and look at something for a while yeah and and that's kind of like you know when i that's one of the lessons i'll teach you if you ever were to come you know do a you know still hunting workshop with me is like it's all about going slow and paying attention right like allow those animals to come to you like once you know they're there then just hang out there right and and looking around at us where we are right now and looking at the where we ended up and the 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 density of grass and vegetation and clover just where we're sitting here is like clearly this is a good spot to sit and wait. And just to put a number on it, I would think a good truck hunting speed is eight kilometers an hour. Okay, now there's other theories to that. So that's so so you're talking about the crawling slow. Yeah. Looking out each window. Yeah. Okay. And so you got one person looking out the port side, one person looking out the starboard side, covering the ground. When Sergi saw spotted my second bear, he was sitting on the like on the window. He was hanging outside of the truck. <laughs> That's one way of doing it. New seatbelt on, I hope. No. Okay. Eight kilometers an hour. Your seatbelt's only required to be on more than fifteen. Okay. okay. I don't know if that's a regulation. We won't promote that. Yeah. Um. This is cool. Where, where we're sitting here, we got turkey vultures and crows showing up, all circling above us. There's an eagle over there too. I saw the eagle. Yeah, yeah. this is just gorgeous, beautiful crow. day. And yeah, we're, we're we're watching the. Uh... Yeah, we'll we'll get back to that. Right. Um. So. <laughs> so um. 
where was I? Okay, we're oh speed of okay. This is this speed. is another Truck tip and trick. Speed. speed. Okay, so there's there's the, now there's I've I think over the years I've shot maybe three animals from the truck, and and I think it's largely just I just drive down the road and everyone. So if there's a if there's an animal that happens to be standing on the road, all all the animals I've ever spotted from the truck have been standing in the middle of the road. So so my theory would be to drive closer to 50 kilometers an hour and cover more road. And that way you have a higher de- chance of seeing an animal standing in the middle of the road. Well, you got to lock it up when you see your animal? Well, you also want to chase it off the road because technically you don't want to shoot it on the road or across the road. No. So, so But it's, it's going to take a couple steps. I mean, it's a logging road. It's not an eight-lane highway. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is okay. Uh, on that note, I, and, and I should I should point out that the the, the legalities of um, of road hunting is in BC you cannot shoot from any road that is maintained by uh, the province uh, the Ministry of Transportation and Highways. Um, so any road that's been maintained, so it's, if it's being graded or maintained, then technically it's it's you cannot shoot from that road. You would need to be off the shoulder of the road. Now, if you look at the hunting regs here in BC, there's very much a prescription of how far off the road you need to be, depending on the road, whether it's a two-lane road, three-lane road. There's a number of roads in BC that are, have 400-meter uh, no-shooting areas adjacent to the road. So for deactivated logging roads, you know, I think, I think it's generally assumed that there's no longer maintained, so they're sort of considered more as the... Um, as part of the crown landscape that you'd be hunting, whether it's a trail or, or, or a hillside. Um, but you still have to be conscious that, you know, a number of these roads, whether they're deactivated or not, are still being used by the public um, for coming and going. So, you know, it's, it's definitely best to not shoot from a road or across a road. Um, and, uh, yeah, just to be safe. So, anyway, you can drive slow and look around. You can drive a little faster and try to catch something in the middle of the road. Uh, those are the two main. I think it's the two main strategies. Any more strategies for pace you, you hunt? Well, you could park the truck and <laughs> get out and glass something. Yeah. Well, there's that. <laughs> that's there's that's three. Glass. Yeah. <laughs> I've also seen guys like who are moose hunters, like dedicated old timer moose hunters that that just sit in their trucks on a stretch of road that they can see a ways mm. across, and they just sit there. And over the course of five or ten days, eventually a moose will cross there, and if they're paying attention, they'll get them. Um, well, and I think that's something to be said, too. If we talk about accessibility, we shouldn't knock on road hunting because for people that are older or people that, I mean, sore backs, injuries, potential to uh, to hit them on the road. Yeah, and I think you're right about that. I think that's one of the things that there's, there's the accessibility is a super important one um, and because it does. I mean, I know a lot of like I can see. Some of my elderly hunting mentors are spending mm-hmm. more time in their vehicle exploring more. We, I say exploring with, you know, air quotes, because um, we don't call it road hunting in my community of hunters. We call it exploring for new secret spots. So it's okay. It's not really road hunting. Um, but, you know, it, it's certainly accessible. And I know a number of people that have been, had successful hunts from the road. There's way fewer barriers. For one thing, you're, you know, you're on the road, so you're not you don't have the risk of wandering around the woods and getting lost or getting, you know, tackled by a grizzly bear. Or Having all... said that, though, they, these logging roads are pretty braided. You want to have your game on when you're driving around all day. Like braided? What do you, how do you mean? Oh, if you... I would think that if if you're going to get lost in the woods, you might get lost oh, in the logging roads. Yes, totally. Yes. Totally, yeah. and um, Yeah, you, you can totally get... Well, I, I think that it doesn't always get lost. 
as much as having a having a screw up or breakdown. Going too far down a road that continues to get narrow and narrow and narrow and brushed in, and you can't turn around, that's a big problem. Uh, or just getting particularly more washed out or blow down on it. You're just being conscious that it, it, you know that can be a real screw up. But. Well, I did that last week. As I was on a bear hunt and I was truck hunting and I was driving down a road and down a road meaning like it was actually sloped down at this point and I was heading in and there's a big patch of snow coming and I rallied through it and I was like yeah that was great uh, and I was like oh man when I go back through that patch of snow <laughs> I'm gonna be going uphill I mean you hit it twice as hard <laughs> now it's not like 8 30 at night but I did have my shovel and uh, I was able to rally through it on the way out. But again, from a slow perspective is another thought as well. And that what you drive through, if that road doesn't go branch into a, a, an out an outlet road or a through and through road, then you've got to turn around and come back. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- most logging roads are kind of like, they, they, they're kind of like a river. Like they, they all flow down the main stem. So if you're ever like on a logging road and you're not sure which way to go and you want to get home, just start going downhill. They typically... Mm-hmm. never haul logs uphill mm-hmm. so if you find yourself in a log road not sure which way to go just start walking downhill it'll then meet up with likely another spur road and then eventually it'll come down to the main line the main line is the road that comes up and down the valley spur lo- spur roads are the va- are, are the roads that kind of take off from that main line and work their way up the different valleys that feed into that main stem of the road or river in this analogy so yeah but anyway so Anyway, so we we goofed around and uh, we kind of thought, oh shoot, no, we did. Okay, so we're, we ended up kind of turning around at the head of valley, kind of driving back, and then we popped up another road, climbed climbed up a ways, and kind of as soon as we started climbing up, you know, we kind of got out of the grass zone again. Yeah, out of the grass zone, we're scratching our heads. I could tell you're getting a bit bored, a bit antsy. <laughs> yeah. So we needed. We hadn't seen a bear in a couple hours. So we needed a, oh, we were up there. We, we really were coming back down. Stop the truck. Imagine that. Got out. Glass. Well, here we, we could actually see one of the areas that we had targeted. Like a bit of this burn area and then a bit of this like recent nucleation of logging in the bottom of the valley, which we thought would be potentially good. And there was some grass growing down there. So anyways, we, yeah, we dropped, we stopped the vehicle and we had a little sit and, and watch and, and turn off a bear was kind of cruising across this giant opening below us quite a way. It's like a drive. We had to drive down there. Um, so, so, uh, as good road hunters, we decided to drive down there. <laughs> we had to, we had to decide which way to go. And the wind was kind of howling up, you know, in kind of in, into our, in our direction. So we figured we just drive down there and kind of set ourselves up so we could sneak in on the bear. And, uh, no, now at this point I have to say like, when I saw that bear, there was no part of me that was like had the bloodlust to kill the bear, but I was excited that you were like, "Yeah, let's go shoot it." Yeah, beautiful spot. Yeah, nice looking bear. Yeah, put a hunt on it. Yeah, so I was kind of keen. Like I was keen to go down there. You kind of anyway, take us from there. How'd it go? Yeah, it was wasn't successful, but it was an interesting. Made for an interesting afternoon evening hunt. We well, the wind was the wind was terrible. We talked about moving the truck again. Road hunting one hundred and one. <laughs> we get the wind in our direction, and we decided just to push in on it. And uh, 
I guess one thing I learned, which I didn't know, was planes. So if I'm if I'm coming in and I can stay, if the terrain allows me to stay above an animal and the wind's really not in my favor, potentially that wind will blow right over them and they won't they won't win me. Yeah. So Dylan had the idea to stay higher up that plane, whereas I wanted to go, the bear was heading towards the river. I wanted to go and try and cut it off before it hit the river. Hopefully maybe the river would um, cover up some of the noise that I was going to make crashing through uh, this old burn. And uh, so we went with my plan and uh, I got a pretty good look at him from... 100 yards? Maybe 80 yards? Yeah, about maybe a bit more, maybe 120. Pretty good look at him. Again, nice bear, but he was moving and he was heading towards the river. Saw him once more and then that was it. I didn't see him again. So he, the first time, well, sorry, for the first time we spotted him from 120 yards, he knew we were there. Yeah. And he was, he wasn't panicking, but he was definitely in a pretty solid trot to get out of there. Yeah. He smelt us for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And just the way the wind was kind of pulling, it just went right to him. And so, yeah, we didn't, it wouldn't have a whole lot of hope on that bear, but that's kind of fun though. So that actually, even not having not worked out, it kind of like fired, not fired me up a little bit, but just kind of like, I was like, okay, I'm kind of into this. Like, I'd like to, I'd like to replay that and see if we can make it work. So let's go find another bear and, and let's get, let's get into this now. And, and, uh, cause it was a hunt and, and I liked, what I liked about that hunt is that, you know, we, it was a, it was a bit of a stock. Like, so we, you chose to stock in through the timber where you had cover and wrap around on the bear. Um, and kind of headed off, which I think was a good plan. And had the wind been right, it was the right plan. But the wind wasn't right. So we got to evaluate why it didn't work out. And I love that's what I love about hunting is you can always think about, you know, what, what could I have done different? How could I have done it? What worked? What didn't work? And then and then you evaluate it. And, you know, we, we kind of talked about maybe just maintaining that elevation so you're above it. and Maybe the wind doesn't affect it as much. Maybe you can see a little farther because you got that. A little bit of vantage from being up high, but then you know maybe we run the risk of it just slipping, behind, you know, behind us if we went that route. So all of it's interesting. So I felt like we were hunting for the first time. We got out of the truck and gosh, we were hunting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, every every time you're hunting and you see the animal that you're after, you and you get to see it, you just learn so much about their behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right. So we so we wrapped up there, and then we kind of had a decision point where we were, whether we were going to stick, you know, hang in this one spot and see if more bears were around, but we kind of leaned towards heading back down the valley to where there was more grass and more vegetation. So we did that and kind of ended up again, climbing another road that was kind of climbed right out of the green stuff again. And we turned around and then, and worked our way down and we went, where, where, where did you, where did you take us, Jenny? The secret spot of yours. Well, where are we? We, we forgot bear number five. Little bear number five. Oh, we forgot about little bear five. He was five. pretty cool. He was cool. Yeah. Okay. So we're yeah. on our way to to our reset spot. And what? And Jenny, what was your thought process? What, what? Well, I had, I had no interest in hunting a bear there. I mean, it was fully legal to shoot it on that road, but to me, that road's a bit too busy. We'd seen no other cars. Maybe it was COVID related. Maybe it was Sunday afternoon related. I'm not sure, but I have. Uh, that's not the experience I'm looking for. That's key in my in my uh hunt plans is yeah i don't i don't want someone to drive by and me feel like a jerk for what i'm doing uh regardless of whether it's legal and i feel good about it i still like maybe a bit of privacy is the right right word for this but uh so i was not about to uh 
to hunt on this road, yeah. but it's, uh, I've seen a lot of animals on that road and it's pretty fun to drive down and it was really, really green yesterday. So it's a beautiful road. And then, uh, yeah, a little black bear ran out Yeah, and he had no, no qualms about us at all. I mean, he knew we were there. He was watching us, but he wasn't in a hurry to get off the road. He, we would have had a couple shots at him for sure, but he was also a bit, he was pretty young. It was pretty young, for yeah. sure. And I think you you nailed it there. Like, it just didn't feel good because, I mean, it was more, you know, probably a road that gets used a bit more. And, like, you know, and and, uh, and it would be very difficult because if you stepped off that road, it was into this very lush, thick brush. Yeah. So, I mean, if you kind of, like, tried to move off the road, but then there was no vantage in that particular location. It was quite flat. So I don't think it was the right, it wasn't the right call for sure. Hey, we've got more birds coming. Now we've got. I would, that's what I was just thinking. To set the scene for this, we are sitting on this logging road near the gut pile. And we started out with four ravens and now there's six and they're getting. No, these are all turkey vultures. I don't, oh. The ravens, I think, are on. We've oh. given up the, we're trying to like, you know, we're teasing the story out. Oh, best sorry. we can, but you've given it away three times now. I keep forgetting. I know. Oh, look at that guy. Whoa. Okay. That's a hawk. Peregrine hawk. What the heck? Whoa. Or is that? No, that, that's a beautiful bird. That's a hawk. So the I, I birds think, are fighting over. Okay, so that just, like, there's, there was about six turkey vultures circling the gut pile. And uh, I know there's a couple of ravens in there, but this one hawk just, like, flew right into the middle of them and just started chasing them all off. Now everything's, everybody's cleared off. You think the ravens are still in there? I think the ravens are on the ground eating. Because oh, I've okay. seen them come and go a couple sense. times. All so, right. I don't know why the turkey vultures are so polite and, like, waiting for seconds. <laughs> that's an interesting... I don't know. But I want to see that. Is that a hawk? I, I, it I looks like a hawk to me. Yeah. Cool. Sure. Okay. Okay. So uh, bear number five. Oh, six. Because there was, yeah. Mama, three cubs. Four, that's yeah, four. Fairy hunted was five. Little black bear was number six. So I think the spot that we chose is pretty good because we've seen bears, but I don't remember. I forget who I'm dealing with. The guy that sees 17 bears on a trip. So I'm still feeling like I'm not doing something right. <laughs> So I feel I feel like I gotta go find where the bears are and lots of bears. So now we're 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 looking at going to a new zone, which is I'm okay with this new zone because uh I've that's where I got bear number one of of my bear hunt. So I'm I'm good to head up that road and we're driving along at 20 kilometers an hour, which is driving me a bit crazy. And well, it's, uh, <laughs> it's Tyrod Hill, you know. Tyrod Hill. And I'm like. Hey, Dylan, like, that's a really fun road. I pointed this road. I've been down there a couple times, lots of animals. Yeah. He blasts by it. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, that road on the right. I'm like, that's a really fun road. doesn't go very far, and it's pretty rough, but I've seen bears down there. Oh, yeah, okay, blast by it. I mean, I guess I'm telling, blasting by at 20 kilometers an hour, but you're not hitting any of my roads. <laughs> so, uh, and there aren't very many. That was all the spurs on that. There's those three spurs yeah, on know. this road. I would, yeah, I had, I had another plan in mind, which didn't work out. So, anyway, we, my plan didn't work out. We hit snow, turned around above the goodness. So, well, no, we keep, we hit the snow. We're like, oh, no bears here. And you keep driving. <laughs> well, are we going through and through or are we going to turn around? So, we turned yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. And now we're looking, now we're not hunting. We're looking for a place to camp. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. We, we, we said we, our turnaround time was eight o'clock. We're like, we hit snow. We're like, okay, we're clearly not going to get. I had sort of thoughts getting over this pass to another spot that um, I thought might be bear heaven, but you know. Um, but we wanted to start camping by eight o'clock, and we're going twenty kilometers an hour. Okay. So okay. mathematically, it didn't work out. <laughs> so, anyways, um, uh, we end up turning around. So we go back down to Jenny's road, and uh, we end up setting up camp along this road, which is which has got a big washout kind of between where we were actually intending to camp, but. 
Uh, but it, yeah, a new washout that I wasn't suspecting. But it's a nice enough spot. So we, we can set up our tent there and, and, and we catch the last you know hour of light and have dinner and, and set up the tent. And it's it's it's, it's nice. It's a nice spot. You get a nice view. and Yeah, it's beautiful, it's beautiful up here. So. Well, and last night I said, oh, I, I don't know. Do I take a walk down the road at dusk and see what I can see? And Dylan says, oh, you don't want to shoot a bear right now. No. It's too late. Too late to shoot a bear. Like, All right. You want to deal with a bear for the next four hours? No. All right. Right. So I beat him at crib. A couple times. And <laughs> that was that was yesterday. <laughs> that was yesterday. Um, so anyway, we have a good sleep. And I, I, I'm told that bears are like teenagers. They get up late. And and so so we had coffee. And uh, we're having our coffee. And then um, hanging around our camp. Kind of making our plan as to which way we're, we're going to go back to kind of find a new bear heaven or go back to where we seen those bears yesterday and kind of not particularly excited about either option. And you got to go take care of some. So nature called. <laughs> so I, I got prepared for what I was going to do. So I for the paper and I considered grabbing my gun because I was going to walk. Well, I had a thought. I was like, oh, do I go north or south for, for this call of nature? And I said, well, I haven't been to the, uh, I haven't been further up that road yet. So I'd like to, I'm going to go north. So pass the washout. Pass over, climb over the washout, consider bringing my gun. And I was like, oh, it's, <laughs> seems a bit silly. <laughs> so uh, nature call successful. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking around and going to walk back to camp. And lo and behold, there's a beauty black bear. No gun. So I start sprinting <laughs> back to camp over the washout. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, I can see Jenny with her thumb up, like running down, like <laughs> thumb, I know exactly what's going on. I'm meanwhile, I'm pouring like hot water into the boater for our second round of coffee. Yeah. Which, uh, so anyway, Jenny runs runs to the truck, grabs her gun, and then turns around and runs back down the road. So I, I get a little more organized. I get some binoculars and a knife. I had my binos. I was wondering. Also, Dylan has a trust issues with me, I think, too. So I didn't know if he was going to think I was messing with him. And I was like, "Well, you know what? This could be to my advantage." <laughs> oh no, I could tell right away. I was going to grab my gun and <laughs> you, go. <laughs> you were fired up. I could tell you were in a you were in a full Jenny panic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, grab my gun, gun, grab the binos, run back down the road until I can get because I know where he was when I last saw him, and I can run pretty far before I can peek around this corner and I'm hiding around this bush and. And I've got eyes on him and watching for a bit and still no cubs. And this is a little whisper in my ear like, oh, that's a nice bear. <laughs> you should go after him. <laughs> yeah. So by now I've caught up with, and I'm, I'm watching over her shoulder. And uh, and it is a nice bear. And it's a nice spot we're looking at here. Like it's, it's So there's a, we're on the logging road, but we're looking up at a at a little pocket slash that they that, that it's all greened up. But it's surrounded by really beautiful old growth uh fur forest so so he was just creeping through the fur, fur forest when we saw him at first and then you know we lo- we we both agreed that it was definitely a black bear and he was definitely alone so it was definitely a shooter if you were bear hunting and and so we kind of psyched it out and, and just the nature of this little spot we were in you can kind of climb up on this little ridge to our right and kind of look across and there's a couple stumps up there so jenny you went for it you went for a little yeah up the ridge there and it's, it's interesting because, it, again, this is the truck hunting podcast. So we are, I mean, walking down the road. But to get off this particular road is, what, 20 meters pretty much straight up or it? Yeah. Seven, 
60 degrees. Fairly steep little yeah, bank on the on the uphill side, as is, as is the hill. It's quite steep yeah, as well. Yeah, quite a steep hill. So, so you go make a play to get kind of up to where you can at least get a shooting position. Because we were just on the logging road here, and you'd be sh- sort of shooting offhand up at the bear at 130 yards. So while you go do that, you're climbing up. So I, I kind of look in front of me, and there's a stump just sort of halfway up the bank in front of me. So I figure I might as well get in a position that I can back you up. And if he does happen to come out in the open, I maybe you know I, I I'll be in a good position to support you. So I'm I'm working my way up this hill, watching this bear, trying to go nice and slow. Get it? I've got the log that I want to make it to. It's just about another six feet, so I'm closing in on it. I mean, it might be ten seconds before I'm at the log. Get my gun out, set up, and uh, so I'm pretty close. I'm feeling pretty good, and all of a sudden, boom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and a bear dropped. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And like, I, I was actually like, I was surprised that. So, I mean, ultimately, obviously, I shot it, and it wasn't somebody else. So, um, I had moved up to this 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 shooting position where I put my rifle on top of this stump, and I was at an angle that I had like a, just a, such a solid rest. And as this bear started to come right out into the open grassiness, I had my crosshairs on its on its chest, and I had to, like it was just such a solid hold. And as he's walking across, like I think to myself, I mean, one thing I could still see you were moving above me on the right, so you weren't set yet. And I was like, well, shoot, like I mean, the possibility he'll just cross over the opening back into the open timber, and then it'd be much more difficult to get him. And he's in my crosshairs. I have a solid rest. We're here bear hunting. Like, I guess I should probably shoot this thing. I have a tag. And and so I felt good about it. So I, I, I pulled the trigger, and it was it was great to see it fall down right away. And it rolled down the hill. And, yeah, I felt super good about it. I, I thought I would be way more, like, anxious or something, or sad even. I mean, I was obviously a little bit sad, but, like, it just felt like it just felt like any other hunt, and it just felt like good, solid situation to shoot and pull the trigger and make that call. And and it was yeah, it was it was I was very happy to see it just sort of kind of go down right away, and I could tell I could see it in the binoculars that it was mm. that it was dead, you know. And so yeah, so thanks for um, you know guiding me to my trophy <laughs> bear, Jenny P. Yeah, uh, bring it in my spot. Climbing a hill, closing in on him, and <laughs> shoot it right out from right here. Dill dropped it. It's all good. It's a beautiful bear. Means I can keep hunting. Makes me happy because I did buy two tags straight afterwards. He only bought one. Yeah, I guess yeah. we gotta. Well, it's noon now. We should probably get back to hunting. But so, so a couple of things we did with this bear, which is, is, is was unique. I, I've never actually. I mean, this is a beautiful bear. It's kind of a. I don't know if he called a cinnamon bear, or just a brown. Black bear or what? I'd say he's cinnamon bear. It's cinnamon? Beauty. Yeah, it's beautiful yeah. bear. And I don't know how, he, I don't know if he's, he's probably four or five years old. He's a, you know, decent size. Uh, um, but he's just, he's real nice. So I'm, I'm excited about, you know, getting, taking care of the hide and everything like that. So uh, I, I do know that like normally in this situation, I would drag him the 150 yards back down to the road and, and then into the back of the pickup and skin him out. But we actually, we didn't do that. We just, we actually put him on a tarp and kind of wrapped him up and kind of, skidded him down the hill it wasn't ideal but it but i think it was mainly to protect the hide because i think if you if you did drag him on the hide you'd set the risk of pulling the hair out which is not ideal 
I think it got the job done for sure. Yeah. And then we ended up, because we were within, well, shitting distance of the truck, we could say. <laughs> <laughs> um, we ended up just <laughs> packing them back, back to that, to that washout actually, right next to the, to the truck where we camped. And we just dealt with them there. So we, so we, we did a nice job of skinning them. We pulled off all the quarters. Um, and then because it's probably like, I don't know, 17 degrees, it's pretty warm. Um, we put all the cuts into plastic bags, sealed them up, and then just put them in this creek. This is wonderful creek right there. And it's, mm. it's not super, there's no risk of them floating away on us, but they're just underneath this little waterfall. It's just, so we just left them in there for a couple hours before we take off so that it just draws out all the heat. We've got a cooler with some ice packs in it that we're going to load up here in a bit. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty quality, it's going to make some pretty good, uh, pretty excited about the meat, for sure. So am I. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of a fun hunt, all in all. I had a good time. Yeah. I don't know if he, I mean, we were, wait, did we drop, did you drop this bear at eight? Eight this morning? We hadn't had the truck running in 12 hours, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's got to count for something. Yeah, I guess, I guess it wasn't, tri- it wasn't really a road hunt. You know, funny enough, as I, as I was walking down the road to, to 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 catch up with you, I looked down this road and I and it and it just has got a lot of features that I like to hunt. It's got sort of that south facing slope. It's got a bit of an angle. It's got some mature fir trees. I'm like, oh, as I walked around here, I was like, oh, I like this. I can hunt this. I, I if I could just find more road like this, I could just keep walking on it. I walked this road. This is my road. I've seen bucks up here. I've seen grizzlies. I've seen black bears, and it doesn't. It doesn't go much further, but it's a lovely little road. Well, I yeah, I'm kind of I mean, I'm I'm anxious to come back and and poach your your blacktail spot too. So, oh, great, great. <laughs> oh, it's good thing we're friends, eh? <laughs> yeah, the best of friends. If you see my truck parked across the road at the front, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have I mean, to walk the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, did we cover off everything for? Okay, a couple other. So we we it was ton, thank you so much, Jay. That was ton of fun on the hunt. Any other road? Any tips and tricks for road hunting? I, I, a couple of things I was thinking, um, you know, first and foremost, like if you are driving around, you can never have a loaded firearm in your vehicle. Mm. Absolutely not. Now, a good road hunter will say you may want to have, you know, a program for bullet management. So make sure you've got, you know, a bullet ready and available to be loaded into the gun once you are safely out of the vehicle and off the road, uh, whether that's a magazine or a bullet in your hand. Um. You know, there's always the complications around having enough cup holders, you know, to, <laughs> for various reasons, whether it's for your coffee cup or your clip. and Your water. Your water. And I, I do know that, you know, that road hunting is synonymous with um, drinking and driving. And I would strongly encourage you to be very responsible because you are, you have firearms and you're hunting and you're taking full responsibility for the animal's life. So, you know, please, please, please don't mix alcohol and hunting. It also just gives hunters such a bad name because I think when people think of hunters, they think of, you know, people driving down the road, throwing out their beer cans, um, truck hunting. So, and I think that, that, that negative stereotype can be perpetuated by, by some hunters. And I, and I hope that, you know, we can do our best to clean up that, that image for sure. Um, Truck choice. Truck choice is big for me because, I mean... I have one truck and I put my snowmobile in the back of it in the winter. So it's really nice to have a long box, but having an eight foot box when you're trying to turn around on a tight logging road is 
I mean, you do the Austin Powers, and I'm pretty good at that. But <laughs> if I could have two trucks, my uh, I might put a little Suzuki in the back of my Chevy to get around. For yeah. Sure. The other thing about I think so, uh, what you were saying about logging roads is some of them are also, and the drinking portion are you're on massive cliffs oh my goodness yeah the road safety aspect you're right yeah and then also you have so many recreators when you're on logging roads roads which are so cool like dirt bikes e-bikers mountain bikers so much fun so yeah like you do Dylan, go a little bit slower i think is important because uh because there's a lot of people out there that are having lots of fun so just be respectful for everybody you bring up a really good point too, and I and we kind of missed this one, and, and we should have we should have had taken we should have taken some notes when we were bored all day yesterday driving around road hunting. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about doing this podcast, but probably the biggest and most important one is that these are industrial roads, and they are still used by yes. for industrial uses, log logging namely. And if it's an active forest service road, and often it'll be signed at the bottom as active, it means that there's a potential for logging trucks coming and going um, on that road, and logging trucks travel fast they're very big and you often can't get out of the way and, and so it can be tragic if you were to um you know come up to one where you couldn't pull over the the way the system works safely is that you, if you have if you have if you have a radio with the radio frequencies programmed into it then that you can monitor the forest truck the, the logging truck activity they'll actually call out as they're traveling um they'll say like uh the uh you know like the, I'm trying to think of a logging road name without the 700 road kilometer 23 going downhill, and then and that way if you're driving up the 700 road and you're at tw- kilometer 22, you know there's a logging road coming at kilometer 23. Now if you do some research online, you can find out more about logging road uh, radio use and and legalities around it. But it can make monitoring those channels can make your travel much much safer. And it just requires an investment in a, in a radio that's programmable that you can have the frequencies programmed into the monitor. Um, anyways, it can be super useful. So we, we've, we've, we've taken to doing that. Certainly for my work as a ranger, we, we monitor all activity on long roads when we're traveling. And then as hunters, we do as well when there's activity in the area. And yeah. I think parking's a big one too. Oh, yeah. I think you get sort of in the mindset, especially when if you haven't seen another vehicle for a couple hours or a couple 10 or 20 or 30 kilometers that there's no one else out there. But you you got to be real careful that you're not blocking any of these roads because you don't know who's farther in yeah. or who might want to be farther in. So yeah. be real real conscientious of where you park your car so that everyone can get back and forth safely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like with respect to parking, for sure. Like the other thing that parking means is that somebody else is already there. So that, you know, if I drive down a logging road and there's somebody parked there, I often turn around and boogie out of there because that may mean that they're just walking down the end of the road hunting it. Or maybe they're set up calling down there, or maybe they're just hunting that hill. Either way. Maybe they're foraging. Maybe they're doing something else. But you know what? It's not a great place for me to hunt. And I, I'm going to let those people have that spot and go find another spot. Um, the other just sort of thing I always do, and I, you know, it's just a habit, is I always turn the vehicle around uh, before I set out for the day. So if I stop and hunt a spot, I'll, I'll leave the vehicle pointing in the direction to a hospital or <laughs> to emergency services, right? So that if you ever had to come back and you were dealing with an emergency, you're not stuck doing the Austin Powers turnaround. Um, when you've, when you're, yeah, buddies. When you've so. hurt your, well, if you've hurt your own, like if you're hunting on your own too, and you might have hurt your hand, yeah, or your shoulder, and turning that truck around now is way way harder. 
way harder than it, than it might have been. And then be aware that conditions can change as well. One of my favorite uh, hunts was uh, I got turned, I was going to a spot and I got turned around in torrential rain by a, a lovely gentleman that <laughs> told me that he was here to monitor the creek level. And he was great because he gave me two scenarios. If I was near this creek and I saw it, the water level slow down, it was time to get on the right side of it and as far away as I could. Or if it got really, really dark, it was time to get as far away as it, from it as I could. And that's a certain section of, uh, of an area that I really like to hunt that um, that creek's blown out multiple times with vehicles on the wrong side of it. And there's no way out the, out the other end of it. Yeah, yeah. So he was really great on giving me those, those two tips. And the thought, I was like, I don't understand. When, what do you mean when the water level slows down? He's like, well, that means it's stuck. Like it's now it's a couple hundred yards up or a couple kilometers up there. The water's it's may have tumbled to a certain bed and it's getting trapped again. So the force is building up and building Oof. up and it's going to come through. So when you see the water level drop, it's sort of, to me initially it was counterintuitive, but it made a lot of sense when he, when he explained it all. And I really had appreciated him sharing that knowledge with me. As a general rule, I think fording across creeks is just plain scary and maybe dumb with the exception of this case where you have to get home and you may, if you don't cross, then you're not getting home. But this was a bridge that, this was a F F FSR bridge that's maintained but blows out. Yeah, I know, I know. So it wasn't. I wasn't really fording a creek. But in this case, like we could have, like any of these creeks that we're right here, we're looking at here, um, like those those conditions change over time. Absolutely. And, and more water gets into them. Um, and you know, you might in the afternoon a lot of a lot of streams blow out because there's more snow melt. So you might cross something in the morning and then in the afternoon it's it's raging and you can't get it back across. And similar with driving through snow on logging roads yeah. is that in the morning it might be frozen and hold up your truck or your car. You come back over later in the day and it's just, it's sure. rotten in the middle and, and you're going nowhere if you've, you're belly panned out. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That changes. Or, you know, Karen and I had a terrible experience where we drove up a logging road, spent a couple nights up in the Alpine and then oh, yeah. it snowed probably a foot of snow. We just about died coming down. We weren't totally prepared for to deal with it. So everything changes. So yeah, there's a lot of safety stuff, and I think those are a few highlights. I think we'll um, we should probably get this meat and throw it in the cooler and, and um, make our way boogie on down the road. Boogie, get a little more road hunting. <laughs> <laughs> get a bear. So I, I should just say, like, I'm I'm so hard on road hunting and a lot of the stuff I do in my classes though, but there is totally a place for road hunting, whether it's spring bear hunting when you're looking around for stuff that's greening up. The other place that I think road hunting is so essential is like exploring spots, exploring access, looking for new secret spots. I spend a lot of time in the truck exploring and, and, and that is technically road hunting because every time you're driving along, you're learning new stuff, learning about new access. And at the same time, you're taking some of those safety precautions we talked about, but you never know. Once in a while, an animal, you know, down on his luck might wander out in front of you and there you go. You get lucky. So anyways, it's a lot of fun. Anyways, it's been a great day, Jenny. Thanks so much for hanging out and, um, I get all the help with the bear and um, next steps is to butcher it up and get that hide over to a, I guess Mara's got another job here. So maybe the last podcast was bison tanning. So um, this one will be, yeah, next one is bear. Yeah. It's beautiful hide. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Pretty, pretty excited about the whole thing. Yeah. Use that whole animal. Yeah, totally. We had all the bones, got all the meat ready to go. The whole animal's coming out with us except for the, the gut pile is so weird that all the all the turkey vultures are now gone. That, that one bird. That one hawking. They never came back. Lost everybody off. That's wild. 
I'm like, I can see right across the valley and I can't see them at all. So and the weird what's thing his is motivation? He, has, he, has, he hasn't come back. He hasn't come back and like, I need it. So, anyways, yeah, we're just going <laughs> to We're not going anywhere. Them. We got to see what happens with we the birds. We got to see what happens with the birds. pretty exciting. Just watching the gut pile. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll, uh, yeah, if you like this podcast, please uh, make, make, uh, take some time to review it and share it. And uh, yeah, just enjoy it. All right. We'll talk to you all later. Bye.